The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. She was just going to drill team practice. A teen girl, straight-A student, on her way to school. I mean, what could be wrong with that? The drill team. You know, the girls in the outfits that um, do routines at football and basketball games. (sighs) Sarah Yarborough. Her body is found by two 12-year-old little boys playing just yards away from the school. You think when you send your child to school, everything is okay. And then the case drags on and her rape and murder go unsolved. What happened to this teen girl, this beautiful girl scrubbed in sunshine? Sarah Yarborough. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. And I want justice. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. 
Order online at Zyn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zyn 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. She was the all-American girl next door, a wholesome teenager with long red curls. Sarah Yarborough had everything in front of her. She was passionate about, you know, music, dance, art. Andrew remembers his sister Sarah was always there when he needed her. She was um, always willing to, to help me out. She was, a, you know, just thinking back, a, a gracious sister. But those good times with Sarah would end in a harrowing way. It's just, it's crushing. Andrew remembers he was just 11 years old and playing in a Saturday morning soccer tournament when police came to the game to speak to his parents. They didn't tell my parents, obviously, what had happened yet. Um, they just uh, had indicated that, you know, something was wrong and they needed to, to come with them. Something was terribly wrong. That morning around 8 a.m., Sarah pulled up to Federal Way High School to meet her cheerleading team. The girls were about to leave for a competition, but Sarah never made it on the bus. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. You are here in Crime Watch Daily's Jason Matera. Sarah Yarborough, just 16 years old, the all-American girl next door. What happened. Joining me, an all-star panel, Daryl Cohen, former prosecutor, now defense attorney, inner city Atlanta, Karen Stark, psychologist, finder at karenstark.com, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet, Joseph Scott Morgan, Cheryl LaPointe, genetic genealogist from The Gene Hunter, Right now to crimeonline.com, investigative reporter, Levi Page. What happened to Sarah Yarbrough? Nancy, it was December 14, a Saturday morning, and Sarah was scheduled to go to a drill competition with her classmates on the drill team. But she arrived at school, her car was there, but she was not. And then hours later, that's when her body was discovered by two 12-year-old boys. Where was her body? It was uh, near the parking lot in Bushes. There were two 12-year-old boys. They were hanging out near the school. One of them lives near the school. And they saw a man acting strange in the bushes. They locked eyes with him and he left. So they went to check out what's he doing. So they went to the bushes near the parking lot and they found her dead body. Take a listen to our friend Jason Matera. How did Sarah die? She was strangled. In a shocking discovery around the same time the cheerleaders were waiting to load the bus, two boys find Sarah's body lying just 150 feet away from her parked car in a brushy area near the high school. Did anyone hear Sarah scream, a commotion, a scuffle? We didn't have anybody that heard any screaming, but we did have a jogger that saw our suspect interacting with Sarah's body in the bushes. Strangled and reportedly sexually assaulted, Sarah was left for dead in broad daylight. Did Sarah have any enemies? Was she involved in 
drugs, the wrong crowd. No, yeah, no, that wasn't, definitely wasn't, wasn't her. Any scorned ex-boyfriends? No, you know, there, there would be, you know, nobody that um, she would have any grievances with. And that's what's so difficult. To Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, author of Blood Beneath My Feet, why is it, Joe Scott Morgan, it's so much more difficult to solve a murder when the killer is at random? Yeah, you, you don't have anything to start with, Nancy. Uh, the connectivity there, you know, wh where you don't have these kind of impulsive events that occur, you know, like the reporter was talking about relative to relative to impassioned events like scorned lovers, this sort of thing, running with the wrong crowd. You're absent all of that. So for investigators, just from Jump Street, it's a real problem. To Daryl Cohen, former prosecutor in inner city Atlanta, now renowned defense attorney out of Atlanta. Daryl Cohen, you throw in a random killing. It may, it's like looking for a needle in a haystack. Explain. Well, because you have, as Joseph's mentioned, you have no place to start. Where you start is the person who was killed. And you go from there and you look for whatever forensic evidence there may be. You look to see, as mentioned before, was she involved in drugs? Did she have someone or someone who did not like her? You just start from nowhere. And from nowhere, you have to be somewhere. Very, very difficult. Why do you keep saying, did she run with the wrong crowd? She didn't run with the wrong crowd. Why is it so hard for all of you guys to, uh, well, not you, Shira, and not you, Karen Stark, but I'm referring to the men on this panel. You keep talking about her, 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 like somehow it's her fault. I mean, Levi Page, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, tell me about this little girl, Sarah Yarborough. She's just 16. How bad could she be? She was a 16-year-old straight-A student on the honor roll and was a member of the drill team. And everyone that has commented on her that knew her personally said that she was extremely nice and a very nice young woman with a very bright future ahead of her. Listen. She was excited about going to college. She um, had big hopes and big dreams. Um, she was a great sister. She's a great daughter. Laura Yarborough's daughter. On the morning of December 14, 1991, she arrived early at Federal Way High School so she could meet up with her drill team. But that never happened. Just after 9 a.m., two 12-year-old kids were cutting through the high school and saw a male walking out of the bushes at the school. After he walked away, they went into the bushes to look around, and there they found Sarah's body. Sarah had been murdered. You know, that upset me when I first found out about it. Uh, I went over to our high school where I was a cheerleader. I ended up being a cheerleader because I was the only girl cut off the basketball team. Out of everybody that tried out, one person got cut, me. And the only thing left was cheerleading. <laughs> so I did it. <laughs> I did it for five years. And long story short, there were a million times I would go over there all by myself and paint posters and all sorts of set up equipment, all sorts of stuff all alone. Me and my little Toyota my dad and mom gave me in a place that was totally surrounded by trees. Never thought a thing about it. And now Daryl Cohen 
Mr. Ditchy run with the wrong crowd, Daryl Cohen, my little Lucy, and John David are 12. That means this girl is just a couple of years older than them. And let me just say, hell no. Nobody is, quote, running with the wrong crowd. Now, see what you did? You made me curse, all right? You made me say H-E-double-L, Daryl Cohen. This girl's scrubbed in sunshine. Yes, but Nancy, you have to look at it. I'm not saying or even intimating that you ran with the wrong crowd, but a good investigator, he or she has to look and see everything and start ruling it out. This girl was obviously killed by a psychopath who just was going to find whoever was near. Take a listen to our friend Jason Matera. The violent and random murder gripped the quiet community of Federal Way, Washington with fear. What was the atmosphere like after Sarah turned up dead? It changes things. Afterwards, uh, I think people were much more conscious about being in groups, not being alone. Ted Bowe would know about those changes firsthand. That's because he went to high school with Sarah all those years ago. Did you know her? I did. I knew who she was. Uh, you know, you'd see her in the hallway, and she was on the drill team. Can't miss the red hair. And in an ironic twist, he's now the sheriff's captain heading up the team in charge of solving the crime. This is the case that would be the most important for me as I look at the wall. And it, not to discount the other cases, but this one I have a personal tie to. It means something to me to be able to say that while I was here, we solved this case. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. (music) 
in a shocking discovery around the same time the cheerleaders were waiting to load the bus, two boys find Sarah's body lying just 150 feet away from her parked car in a brushy area near the high school. Did anyone hear Sarah scream, a commotion, a scuffle? We didn't have anybody that heard any screaming, but we did have a jogger that saw our suspect interacting with Sarah's body in the bushes. Strangled and reportedly sexually assaulted, Sarah was left for dead in broad daylight. Did Sarah have any enemies? Was she involved in drugs, the wrong crowd? No, yeah, no, that wasn't, definitely wasn't, wasn't her. Any scorned ex-boyfriends? No, you know, there, there would be, you know, nobody that um, she would have any grievances with. You are here in Crime Watch Daily's Jason Matera. Sarah Yarbrough, just 16 years old, the all-American girl next door. Joining me, an all-star panel, Daryl Cohen, former prosecutor, now defense attorney. I agree with you and Joe Scott in that you have to look. You have to look everywhere. And typically, Joe Scott, you start with, for instance, the husband, the boyfriend, the lover, the ex. This is a 16-year-old girl, so there's no husband or lover, but a boyfriend, somebody she rejected, somebody that has a crush on her. Then, if there's nobody there, you look to the family, the dad, the stepfather, the the weird uncle, if there is one. Then you move out further and further, the grandfather, the great-grandfather, relatives, cousins. Then you go to the school. Was there a janitor? Was there a yardman? Was there a teacher? Was there somebody that came in contact with her, right? That's where you start. But here we're getting nowhere. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And you know, going back to the high school, that, that's an interesting thing, isn't it, Nancy? Because here we had this young girl that was supposed to meet up with her drill team uh, to go and practice and or to go to a game. And it, it, it's, it's striking to me that an individual would attack this young girl unless they had knowledge of the fact that this is where they would gather. Maybe they had foreknowledge. Maybe they were watching from a distance the entire time. And that's what makes this doubly uh, horrific because this is a total stranger, apparently. Uh, There's no connection uh, uh, for her relative to violence or somebody that would be violence in her sphere. So that's a place that the investigators would have to start. You know what you just brought to mind? You brought to mind uh, a scene out of Lion King where the hyenas are just waiting at the edge of the light for their chance to pounce. That's what's making this so difficult, the random nature of this murder. Listen. The violent and random murder gripped the quiet community of Federal Way, Washington with fear. What was the atmosphere like after Sarah turned up dead? It changes things afterwards. Uh... I think people were much more conscious about being in groups, not being alone. Ted Bowe would know about those changes firsthand. That's because he went to high school with Sarah all those years ago. Did you know her? I did. I knew who she was. Uh, You'd see her in the hallway, and she was on the drill team. Can't miss the red hair. And in an ironic twist, he's now the sheriff's captain heading up the team in charge of solving the crime. 
this is the case that would be the most important for me as I look at the wall. And it, not to discount the other cases, but this one I have a personal tie to. It means something to me to be able to say that while I was here, we solved this case. Following Sarah's murder, there was a massive manhunt. Over 2,500 tips poured in, and most importantly, invaluable physical evidence was collected from the crime scene. Any DNA recovered at the scene that yes. wasn't Sarah's? Yes, we had a, a full male profile from the scene. Full male profile? Yes. Have you been able to match this DNA to anyone else? No, there's been uh, several... Um, Samples submitted over the years, but no matches. Over the years, there have been only a few persons of interest identified, but no arrests ever made. What stood out to these individuals about the person leaving the bush? Uh, there was a, an age range of probably maybe like a late teenager, early 20s. They thought he had kind of shaggy, dirty blonde hair. Now we know there's a high likelihood he has blue eyes. With that description, forensic artists drew a composite of the killer. But even with that sketch, the mystery man's identity eluded cops. It just seemed like a very solvable case from the beginning. And it had a lot of media exposure, a lot of community interest. After thousands of hours of investigation, much to the frustration of detectives, the case froze over. You're hearing our friends at Crime Watch Daily as Jason Matera. It's amazing to me that you can get that type of an ID on a perpetrator, a rapist and murderer that you can't find. With me, Cheryl LaPointe, genetic genealogist with the Gene Hunter. Cheryl LaPointe, they can't identify the killer from the DNA he leaves on the body of this young girl, but they can tell me he's got blue eyes. How? Well, Nancy, um, again, DNA is an amazing tool, and um, through different testing that we do now, we can actually get profiles of um, your ancestors, your heritage, your eye color, um, things like that, that really help us to narrow down these criminals. As a matter of fact, there were lots and lots of theories about who murdered young Sarah Yarbrough. Any reason to believe the suspect is still living in Washington State? There's theories that the suspect could have been passing through, visiting the area. Um, the suspect could be dead. Logic would cause you to believe that if he did this offense, that he would end up in a felon databank somewhere. Yet we've had no matches over all these years. But detectives never gave up hope, even scouring an ancestry database, going all the way back to the birth of America in hopes of finding a match to that DNA. There was a direct relationship to a Fuller's that came over on the Mayflower, which generated some tips. We looked at some local people with the last name that we eliminated through DNA. When you realize this, uh, do you think, wow, this is the big break in the case? Yeah, at the time, we thought it was a huge break. But once again, we were able to obtain DNA from everybody, and they were all eliminated. Cops even managed to convince people to give their DNA in their attempt to find who murdered Sarah Yarborough. Take a listen to this. 
Could all those dead ends finally lead somewhere? Now, nearly three decades later, that rough sketch has been replaced with a new age progression portrait. The technology called polymorphism uses DNA markers from the suspected killer to envision what he would look like now. You have DNA recovered at the scene. You have reliable, it appears, eyewitnesses. You have this age progression. You have a lot to go on, and yet still nothing. That must be incredibly frustrating. Uh, it is frustrating. It's all there. If we can identify the suspect, this is a solvable case. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, thought it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zinn nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience. Which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. all those dead ends finally lead somewhere now nearly three decades later that rough sketch has been replaced with a new age progression portrait the technology called polymorphism uses dna markers from the suspected killer to envision what he would look like now you have dna recovered at the scene you have reliable appears eyewitnesses you have this age progression you have a lot to go on and yet still nothing that must be incredibly frustrating uh, it is frustrating. It's all there. If we can identify the suspect, this is a solvable case. Uh, we, we don't need uh, a confession to solve it. We have everything is there to get us to the finish line. You know what? You're hearing our friends at Crime Watch Daily, and they're talking about a process called polymorphism, where you basically use DNA found on the victim's body to create a sketch uh, like a composite sketch to share a point joining me, genetic genealogist with the Gene Hunter. What is polymorphism? Well, Nancy, it is actually where the DNA is used to basically draw a picture of what a person may actually look like. And um, in this case, it gave a picture of 
um, what they thought the suspect looked like, and it gives law enforcement a lead to hopefully be able to further track down a perpetrator. To Karen Stark, psychologist, you can find her at karenstark.com. She's joining us today out of Manhattan. Karen, this has got to be pure hell for the parents to lose their daughter, a, a teen girl, straight-A student, scrubbed in sunshine, going to drill practice, and then to suddenly be confronted with a composite sketch, including blue eyes, gotten from the DNA off your dead daughter's body. It's pure hell. You're absolutely right, Nancy. But the worst hell is the fact that they can see what this perpetrator probably looked like, and yet they're unable to have this guy be captured, to have any details, to know that somebody is walking free who murdered their daughter. So it would not change the fact that she was dead, but at least they could see somebody go to trial. They would understand what happened. To Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon. Joe Scott, have you ever dealt with polymorphism? Have you ever seen it done? I've not personally dealt with it as a practitioner, Nancy, but yeah, I have friends who are DNA technologists and DNA scientists that have, and it's an amazing technology because you're literally, I don't want to say creating, but you're literally generating a, uh, a profile of an individual that in our normal understanding, like in our normal world does not exist. Uh, you're, you know, you're kind of, um, uh, taking the biological sample that's left behind and those little markers that are along the, the DNA molecule, uh, they, they are actually in, they, what they do is this idea of individualism. It gives an individual specific characteristics. And Nancy, what's so intriguing about this, that what goes to the heart of this case is what a fantastic job that the police did with this case. Because Nancy, this was back in 1991. This is prior to OJ and all of that stuff we went through and they were able to retain retain enough of this biological sample that they could come back in modern times and do this specific kind of testing. They preserved this evidence, which by the way is very, very fragile. To Levi Page, crimeonline.com investigative reporter, obviously there was DNA on the body of Sarah Yarborough, uh, what was it, touch DNA? Wait, they didn't have touch DNA in 1991. It was actually semen, Nancy. The person that raped her actually had used her pantyhose, tied it around her, and strangled her, and then beat her. And there was semen on her jacket, the pantyhose, and on at the scene of the crime. So that's the DNA that was collected. You know what? As much as I don't like hearing it, Levi Page... I'm glad you said that, because as all of us really as technicians, you know, a lot of people on the panel have fancy degrees and training, but we're technicians in seeking justice. And what you just said, we are talking about a little girl, a 16-year-old, who's gone back to her high school to go to drill practice. She's on the drill team. Straight-A student, beloved and Levi Page just explained the way that she was raped and murdered. Her bruised and beaten body found by two 12-year-old little boys playing. So Cheryl Point with me, genetic genealogist with The Gene Hunter. So we have DNA. 
very often everybody thinks that's the end of the story so there's dna yay we solved the case it's not that easy you may get dna but you got to have somebody to match it up to yes nancy so what happens here um the forensic dna testing that is done in those cases um that's used in the codis system is a different type of dna testing and it's not able to be cross-referenced with the direct-to-consumer DNA test that we as genetic genealogists use. So basically only people who have been DNA tested because of criminal activity will be in the CODIS system. But there is a great chance that a relative of one of these uh, criminals has DNA tested with a direct-to-consumer company like Family Tree DNA or Ancestry. And it's the same process that we use to find biological families of adoptees. Um, this genetic genealogy is bringing new hope to cases that have gone cold and been unsolvable for years. Joe Scott, very quickly, what is CODIS? CODIS is a national database that is a repository for uh, genetic uh, material that are recovered at crime scenes. Now, this can either go, and also from sampling of individuals that are known offenders. What's curious about this, Nancy, is that there this, this database actually splits into, you have known offenders, and then you have what they used to refer to as the forensic offenders, which are those samples that they, that they have they're in this huge pool of recovered DNA where they don't have attachments to, you know, where you have multiple, you might have an offender that has offended over and over again, but they have not yet arrested this individual. So these are unknown offenders, but you have their DNA markers. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Through the years, suspect sketches were produced and updated, most recently in 2018, based on DNA evidence collected at the scene. Late last night, Nicholas, who goes by his middle name, Leon, was booked into the King County Jail on suspicion of homicide. This mugshot of Nicholas is from a 1994 King County case when he was charged with molesting a six-year-old girl. Because he pleaded guilty to assault in that case, his DNA was not collected. But based on a DNA profile honed through the years and genealogy, Nicholas and his brother were identified as possible suspects. The brother was ruled out, so detectives started watching Leon. Over the last weekend, detectives from the sheriff's office surveilled the subject and collected discarded items containing his DNA. According to charging documents, the discarded items were two cigarettes and a napkin. The collected DNA was processed in a rush earlier this week, and the Washington State Patrol Crime Lab determined it matched the younger brother, who was arrested at a Kent business last night. So there you have it. You are hearing from our friend Amy Clancy at KIRO7, the case cracked by DNA left on cigarette butts this is my question to levi page crimeonline.com investigative reporter this guy the suspect patrick nicholas now 55 years old that would have made him about 24 at the time of the murder he was already convicted of attempted rape at the time sarah was murdered why wasn't he on the cops radar yes eight years before her murder in 1983 he approached a young woman 
She was in her car. He had a knife. He forced her out, told her to take off all of her clothes. He walked her to a river and he attempted to rape her, but she fought back and jumped in the river and swam away. He was arrested and pled guilty to attempted rape, and he only served about four years in prison. He was released in 1987. I guess in that case, there was no DNA, so he was not in the CODIS bank. Yes, and then two years after Sarah's murder, he was arrested for allegedly molesting his six-year-old stepdaughter, and that case was pled down to a fourth-degree assault. So again, no DNA was collected. And tonight, we've also learned through probable cause documents that detectives got a call last Friday from criminal genealogists saying they had a possible lead. Detectives took that lead, tracked Nicholas over the weekend. They got his DNA from a cigarette and a napkin that he happened to drop on the ground. That DNA match what was found again almost 28 years ago. This is why public servants do their work. This is why your <laughs> government officials um, support different all kinds of different layers of what uh, King County government provides. PC docs say Patrick Nicholas was convicted for first degree attempted rape in 1983. He served four years in prison at the time, but because DNA collection didn't begin until 1990, his DNA was never collected. We've also learned that the lead in this case was a family tree analysis from Patrick Nicholas's brother, Edward. Edward is a registered sex offender from a previous rape conviction, and his DNA was the one in the system originally. But it really speaks volume, guys, to the advanced technologies now available to solve these crimes. Patrick Nicholas being held on $5 million bail. To you, Daryl Cohen, now that he's been matched up through DNA, do you think that will be strong enough to convict him? I think as much as I detest cigarettes, I love cigarettes because the fact that he put his DNA on a cigarette, not one but two, will convict him. Absolutely. I think the jury, when they hear everything, it has to be put yourself in the jury's head, put yourself in the jury's eyes. And if you paint the story, this young girl who was absolutely brutalized, and you paint a story with a witness or two who may have seen him, the DNA will be all that we need. This is what the suspect looked like back in 1991, according to a then 12-year-old boy who helped create this sketch. Seeing evil face-to-face -face like that and knowing that it's real. And this now grown man doesn't want Cairo 7 to identify him because his own children still don't know about the trauma he experienced in December 1991 when he and a friend, both 12, discovered the murdered body of 16-year-old Sarah Yarbrough and got a good look at the suspect. He stood up in those bushes. He was probably about 30 maybe 25 yards away from us. At that point, we couldn't see where Sarah was yet, so we walked the same way. No cause for serious alarm yet until we got close enough to where we could see. And then we ran back to my house and called the police. Question again, explain to me, Levi Page, how did they get the DNA match on Patrick Nicholas, who actually lived not too far away from the victim? Yes, he was living in a dilapidated building, according to prosecutors, but they had DNA in the form of semen. They put it into a database and they came 
back with results, and one of them matched his brother, who was a convicted criminal. His DNA was in the database. So they tried to match that DNA to the DNA found on Sarah's body. They did not match. So they started surveilling Patrick Nicholas, who was 55 years old, and they started surveilling him. They found him, you know, outside of a laundromat. He was talking to people, smoking cigarettes. He threw some trash away. They went into the trash, got what he threw away, the cigarette, the napkin, then they matched the DNA that was found on Sarah's body to him, and he was arrested. It's that tireless police work that Sarah's mom is thankful for. After almost 28 years, she heard the news she thought she would never hear. Her daughter's accused killer had been caught. Officers arrested 55-year-old Patrick Leon Nicholas at a business in Kent on Wednesday night. King County detectives believe Nicholas is the one who strangled and killed Sarah Yarbrough at a Federal Way High School back on December 14, 1991. For years, Sarah's mom lived with the pain of her daughter death, but also not knowing who, who killed her. She thanks detectives for not giving up. I was really surprised. I, I actually, I, I wondered perhaps if the person was no longer living. I, I just, just seemed unbelievable to me that he would still be around. So, but I have to say that the detectives have never given up. It broke me as a young man, you know, having to come to grips with that. It's, it's a very, very horrible thing. After the brutal discovery, the boy helped an artist create the first two suspect sketches and lived in fear until earlier this month when 55-year-old Patrick Leon Nicholas was arrested and charged with the murder of Sarah Yarborough. That's an amazing amount of peace given to me. Were you afraid of him growing up? Oh, absolutely. You were in court last week when he appeared. Why did you go? I had to see that man in handcuffs, in custody, with my own two eyes. Was that the man you saw that day in 1991? Absolutely. I have no doubt about it. It's like we've been carrying around this big weight for all these years and finally have been able to set it down. Like, that's how I felt when I left that courtroom after seeing him in custody. The man told me for years detectives would bring him photo montages of potential suspects hoping that he could identify somebody and he said he always felt bad that he couldn't. He said he didn't until he was in court last week and saw Nicholas and he said that's the guy. That's how certain he is. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace Crime Story signing off. Goodbye friend. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. 
So the only person who will know you have a Zin pouch in is you. Visit Zin.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zin. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy.